All right, Graham. Welcome to Atlanta's Out, an Atlanta sports podcast. I want to start off today with a game. Okay. Did you just hear that audio that I played? Yes. I will give you $10 cash money. Mm-hmm. If I can figure out what game that's from. If you can tell me what player hit that. Okay. It's obviously Chip Carey on the call. So it's not last year. Thank mercifully, Chip Carey was gone. I don't think it's Acuna. I'm going to say Nick Marcakis. What are you basing it off of? I have a vague memory of him hitting a grand slam in the last five or six years and um, him losing his shit. Okay. I don't think Nick Marcakis can get that sound, that pop off the bat. No, it's probably Acuna then. I'll give you a second guess. I'll say Acuna, but that's probably wrong. It's too Ju- obvious. Justin Upton. Justin Upton, <laughs> man alive. There's no way that was happening. I should. I used to love Jup. Yeah, that's so what, what, what possessed you to do this. I just came across the audio as you were taking an hour to set up for the show today, and Wait, thought it'd be a fun way to start. Sure. You know, we're, we're in off-season mode now, Graham. For the Braves, yeah. For, for everybody. everybody. Well, for everybody. Well, except for the Hawks. But you mean, like, Adam just doesn't care about the Hawks anymore. No. I mean... That's that's sad. You were... So, for, for context, all right? So, everybody knows that, you know, who listens to this show, now my parents, like, brainwashed me into liking the Braves, like, from birth, pretty much. Um, but they didn't really care as much about the Falcons until the Super Bowl run. So I wasn't really into football until I was about nine or ten. I didn't really give a shit about the Hawks until I met you, and you, your affinity for the Hawks, you know, was forced upon. You brainwashed me into being a Hawks fan, pretty much. So like, you are my Hawks connection. You're my Hawks mother. You chewed up, you know, Antoine Walker and all those guys and Zaza Pachulia and force fed them into my mouth. Right. I think just at this point, because like, we've had the same conversation about this Hawks team for. Three, four years at this point, ever since the Eastern Conference run. And it's just the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't watch my team score 140 points and lose, you know? Yeah, it's frustrating. And when that happens every single night, it just it just wears on you. So oh, I understand. Until something changes with them, I'm just I'm just a little unplugged on them. Yeah, right? and I that still makes... follow the box scores. Right. And I know they've like since Jalen Johnson came back, they're like what five hundred or something like that. Yeah, but even still, it's not like they're playing well. Right. The the defense still sucks. I mean, they won that game against the 76ers in overtime last night, but it was uh, not because anyone cared to play D. Maxi, I can't remember, it's Tyrese Maxi or Tyrone. It's Tyrone Maxi. Tyrese Halliburton is getting confused with But Tyrone Maxi just had his way with us. He scored like, scored like 35 points. Every time he got the ball, it was like no one did anything. Trey Young might be the worst superstar in the league. And the reason I say that is because he can't play a look at defense. The backcourt defense of the Hawks is pathetic. Now, he has done. You know, he leads the team in charges. He has five charges. You know, he picked off a pass last night, but in terms of just consistent defense, in terms of just being a guy you can rely on defensively, he's just not it. He can give you 28 and 10 every night or 28 and 13, but the D isn't there. And until this team resets itself, reboots with Trey Young, Jalen Johnson, and Yoka Kongwu, this is what we're going to be. This is what we're going to be. This is like our ceiling is to play in tournament, and that's pathetic. Yeah, and that's that's not doing it for me anymore, you know. Like NFL with this year with the Falcons, I would be like I would have been okay with the Falcons making the playoffs. At the end of the day, when it came down to it though, like I was like I hope we lose today. We don't want to get in like about I don't the Saints. Want, yeah. Man. Like when just but like backtracking to the Hawks real quick, yeah. like that just doesn't do it for me. Like until they're we're just stuck in the middle. 
We're not even like, middle. We're below. We're not even in the play-in tournament at this point. We're still, I think, below five hundred. But like, just in general, this franchise is in the middle. So like, we gotta. I don't know how we can retool it again. We keep trying to retool it. We well, can't retool. It. You gotta. You gotta do a full reset. So like, that's, because the, the coaching change doesn't didn't make a look of difference. It made a difference. Like I think Trey Young's a much better offensive player now. But in terms of the overall defense, the problem this team has always had. It's because of personnel. It's not coaching. You've right. had Lloyd Pierce, you had Nate McMillan, you had Quinn Snyder, and everybody actually reveres Quinn Snyder over, I'd say, Pierce and McMillan. Um, and these guys just can't play defense together. It can't be done. you got to do a big reboot. And you got to wonder if Trey wants to stick around for something like that because he's playing the best basketball of his life right now, in my opinion, as someone who is plugged in a little more than you. Yeah, maybe cash in. I don't know, Graham. The people didn't click on our podcast today to hear about the Hawks. But what do you mean cash in? What does that mean? On Trey, like trade him, maybe. Oh, trade Trey? I don't know. Oh, my God. He's not going to sit through a four-year, five-year rebuild. No, he's not. So, I don't know. I don't know, Graham. That, yeah. That's something to discuss another day. We'll yeah, see. Isn't that, I'm sure people we'll turn this podcast do. off already. I didn't sit down in this chair to talk about the Hawks. I accidentally brought them up right now. I'm wearing my Gwinnett Braves hat. We're all over the fucking place. In Start res- with Justin Upton In audio. respect to the Mississippi Braves, who are leaving Mississippi. Right, they're going to Columbus, right? going to Columbus, yeah. Georgia. All the Braves minor league affiliates are now in Georgia. That's huge for the state of Georgia. I'm sure you're excited about that one, Graham. Well, I do like it in the sense that, you know, if you need somebody, they're right down the road. Yeah, you know, they can get there and, you know, obviously Gwinnett's right next to Cobb, but, you know, Columbus is pretty close. Um, I can't remember where other places are. but Rome. Rome, pretty close. They're you all know. right here. Yeah, it, no one has to go on a plane. Like, I know, I think in, like, the San Diego's, uh, one of their affiliates is in, like, I don't know, like, New Mexico or something. It's like that's a big plane trip, you know. If you gotta get a prospect down there, it's like everybody's right in the state. And the way that we yank people out of Double A left and right, right. You know, this is this is a Double A move, is what it is. It is a big Double A move. He's like, I, I need my guys closer. I'm yeah. gonna be, I'm gonna be pulling up Hurston Waldrop because this this entire rotation is injury prone, and I'm gonna need all these guys probably this year. Possibly so, Graham. Yeah. Possibly so. Yeah. But let's um, let's start with let's the big news of the it. day, Graham. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you do your thing. All right. So the Falcons, uh, right? It was like twelve oh one a.m. on Monday uh, this week. Dismissed Arthur Smith as head coach of the Falcons. He finishes his tenure as twenty one thirty overall record. An abject disappointment, and uh, just an all around asshole who doesn't know how to coach uh, situational football. And he bet his. He bet everything on Desmond Ritter. Bet everything on Ritter. He lost the bet. And thank God Arthur Blank and Rich McKay had the wherewithal to say, they're out of touch. And we'll talk about that in a second in terms of this press conversation. They are woefully out of touch with the fan base and with reality. But at least they weren't so out of touch to the point where they didn't fire Arthur Smith after the embarrassing loss to the Saints on Sunday where we lost 48-17. to um, Yeah, I mean... I got blown out by the Bears the week before. If you... I mean... It, I do think a lot was riding on that game, and the yeah. the fact that you got your your shit pushed in like that, yeah, which was you know I, I thought there was still a chance we would win, but I'm I guess I need to stop believing in that team at all. No, um, like we can't win on the road. Yeah, I, I said this last week on the solo show, but we've won three games on the road since Matt Ryan left. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and it was just like you know the Saints were playing better football. They just beat the Bucks the week before and going to the playoffs, and I was like, there's no fucking way we're going to win but we were in the game 
for the first half. It was 17-17, I believe, at the halftime. And I was like, okay, we're actually like playing playing all right. Desmond Ritter looks good. Bijan's making moves. The play calling doesn't suck. Uh, the defense is getting torched a little bit for the second week in a row. But I was like, we're, we're hanging with them. We're right there. And, we didn't, and then we got outscored, um, let's see, like 31 to nothing in the second half or something like that. Something ridiculous. How did that happen? For I guy, don't know. For, for a guy who wasn't paying attention. Did you just say, I don't know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so frustrating. Like, I mean, I'll talk about it for a second. But it was like the defense couldn't stop anybody. I think we forced one punt in that whole game. I don't have the box score up like I normally do. This is this is a freewheeling. It's off the cuff. Off the cuff, fly by the seat of your ass kind of show. I think we forced one punt the whole day. And Derek Carr was just tearing us up. They didn't have Kamara either. That was a crazy thing. Like, Kamara wasn't there. It didn't matter. Chris Olave killed us. Juwan Johnson killed us. Um, and we just couldn't stop him. And then so we, we you know we find ourselves on a hole, thirty-one to seventeen. The offense isn't doing shit. We finally get a good drive going. Like the Saints had adjusted defensively, and we're, we're shutting us down. Finally adjusted offensively. We get in the red zone. First, I can't remember what happens on the first two plays, but we basically got third and goal at like the one or two yard line. And what what do you let me let me ask you since you didn't watch the game, you're out of town. Uh, what play call do you think Arthur Smith dials up? Third and goal, like one or two yard line. I'm gonna guess a toss right mm-hmm. to Corderell. Close. Corderell was involved. Okay. It wasn't a toss. <laughs> Decides to go shotgun on third and two. Okay. I think it was a read option, but it's just so dumb. And it was a handoff to Corderell, and he gets stuffed. And then we go for it on fourth down, and he, and Ritter tries to throw it to Bijan, and the pass is bad, and we turn the ball over on downs. So and that was pretty much the game. I think I saw that one. Was that the one where like Bijan was open? Yes. And he, yeah, and he, he missed just him. missed him. And it was like a two, three yard pass. You know, Look, it's like it's I will pathetic. stand by. I think I discussed this on the podcast last time. I am fine with Desmond Ritter as our backup quarterback. Oh no! Now, now, actually, now that Arthur Smith is gone, that changes everything. No, fuck that. The only reason you would keep him around is because he like knows the system and he can come he, in and look adequate at times as a backup quarterback. Barely. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Arthur Smith just like screwed himself by hitching his wagon to Desmond Ritter, not playing him in the preseason. Like it was just crazy. Like knowing that this is the year to win. Yeah. Uh, didn't go after Lamar Jackson. You know, didn't try to get. Derek Carr, a guy like that. Yeah. Well, I don't want Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr is just, you know, just going to take up your cap. He's not that good. We're going to win more games. We're good. We would have gone to playoffs with Derek like, Carr. You can't deny that. Like, it's like Matt Ryan was saying, where like obviously we did not get enough from quarterback. Heineke was terrible. Heineke was Heineke, awful. Heineke, Heineke was played. worse than Ritter. He was. So um, I mean, he didn't have as many backbreaking turnovers. We still threw three picks against Chicago. Every time he started, he was awful. The only time he was good was when he came in uh, in Tennessee. Yeah. Like, that was it. That was the only good appearance he had all season. Yeah. I mean, it's – there were better options There were better available. options. Mariota was a better option than either of those guys. Which is pathetic. Yeah. But it was just – but, again, it was just a bad play call. It also comes back to, like, Arthur Smith just not doing the obvious thing. you got a bowling ball in Tyler Algier who can just, you know, destroy people, right? Just get him going formation, hand him the ball. If he gets stuffed, whatever. At least it was a decent play goal. You got Bijan Robinson, give him the ball. He was running really damn well, and he had a 75 yard uh, catch for a touchdown. That was nice. It was just a little screen pass, but he made it happen. You know, it's like you have these dynamic players, and on the biggest moment of your career as a coach, potentially, maybe maybe not the biggest moment, but it was a, it was a big moment in the game. You decide on third and goal at the two 
to line up in shotgun formation and hand the ball to Cordell Patterson. Running in shotgun, to me, in the red zone is stupid because you have to... You know, you're the running back starting five yards or so behind the line of scrimmage. So he has to run five yards before he can even get positive yardage. And the Saints are stacking the box on this play. It was pretty obvious they, they thought it was going to be a run, regardless. If it was going to, you know, it looked like a read option. Ritter has been running the read option pretty effectively in terms of when he takes off. So they were ready. And they destroyed the play. It was just, it's just the obvious plays are there, and you're not putting anyone in a position to succeed by not giving the ball to Algier or Robinson in that play. It's just so dumb. Yeah, the more... Uh, I, I lost my mind after that. I started screaming. I got a big... I got a double pour of Jack Daniels from Adam, the bartender at uh, Smith's Old Bar... Not Smith's Old Bar, where the fuck... Uh, Brew House. It was, it was a disaster. I started just screaming and going nuts. I, I lost my mind. I had never been happier. I was in... I was in Puerto Rico visiting family, taking our yeah, newborn baby nice. down there, and I was like... You know, a part of me was like, you know, trying to like... I had David down there, like reading the box score for me and telling me what's going on. But then, like once I saw where it went, I was like, "I am so happy I am here and not like, you know, just raging about the Falcons." Yeah. But at the end of the day, like that was best case scenario for me personally. Oh, absolutely, I didn't watch it. No, I was in the sunshine. Right, and um, was it warm you down know, there? They lost. Yeah, it was like eighty-five oh, degrees. Beautiful. Um, they lost. They didn't give up those draft picks like we would have done like in the past couple of years yeah so we're what number eight now this yeah. year so here's something funny look too. towards the future arthur smith finishes seven and ten all three seasons he's in you know he's the head coach we draft eighth in two of those years and Mariota has 12 touchdowns 12 interceptions and 12 fumbles you mean it's just ritter or sorry ritter whatever. yeah it's just hilarious yeah that's 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 a weird one I um yeah tough tough decision. It does kind of suck to reset, but I'm happy that Arthur Blank at least learned from his past mistakes with holding on to Quinn for a year too long. Yeah, you know, holding on to Mike Smith for a year too long It's like there was no way we'd go into this off season with any like trust that no. it's gonna get better. Just because like you could see. The talent was there on the field, and the schedule was so weak. It was, and I mean, that Panthers loss was just like, and the Cardinals, and the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> but that was something Arthur Blank said in the presser. He said, you know, our record against teams that were under five hundred was abysmal. And you think about it, the Falcons beat two playoff teams this year. They beat the Texans. They beat the Packers, who are both playing good football right now. So it's it's just it's incredibly frustrating. When you just see how uh, Arthur Smith just mismanaged his personnel all year and just bad play calls. You think about in the Washington game or in the red zone, just get points, hand the ball off, and Ritter's already thrown like, what, two interceptions at that point, and he throws a third in the red zone. The Panthers game, just run the ball and kick a field goal. These guys can't score any points. Throws the ball in the rain, gets a, it's an interception, and, and blows the damn game. It's just like. And then the Saints game, like I said, shotgun formation. You hand the ball off Correll Passion at, at the two yard line. It he is just so moronic in terms of situational football. This offensive genius, quote unquote, who averaged his Tennessee Titans offense averaged thirty points per game. I think was largely done on the back of Derrick Henry and proves that Arthur Smith is a fucking fraud. I am so sick of him. I'm glad he's gone. Sorry, that was very violent, but I'm I'm pissed off about this whole situation. Yeah, you just made me you made me nervous on that one, Graham. 
I'm 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 angry, man. Well, he's fired. I know it's great. So, so it's great he's fired. But you know who's going to be picking the next coach, Adam? Arthur Blank, who can't do anything at this point anymore, and Rich McKay. Yes, yes, yes. And t- with some input from Terry Fontenot, the Falcons. If you missed it, yeah, this re- has been interesting. Released a uh, a pre- uh, released a press release. Had a press release come out right after Arthur Smith was fired and said, "We're we're you know moving on and we're gonna you know." have a search for a head coach, and Arthur Blank and Rich McKay are leading the search. Leading the search with input from general manager Terry Fontenot. Input? I'm sorry, shouldn't he be making that decision as general manager of your football team? And then the presser was just Rich McKay and Arthur Blank, and Terry Fontenot was nowhere to be seen. In the Atlanta press, I will give it up to every single press member that was at that press conference. They asked hard questions. They put Blank and McKay on notice. Big shout-out, especially to home team Brandon Lee, who asked the best question of the day. He said, I watched the whole thing. He said, you know, uh, you know, we know Arthur Blank, the benevolent businessman, and, you know, you've done all these things for the community, and that's, that's fantastic. But, you know, here we are again with an Arthur Blank and Rich McKay press conference, two winning seasons in the last 11 years, and you guys are saying, you know, you're going to get it right this time. And Arthur Blank was so... He's like, that's a fair question, and then just said a bunch of nonsense, you know, a bunch of noncommittal bullshit, and saying, oh, we have a good track record, you know, with Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, and it's like, maybe, but it's also like, what happened at the end of those guys' tenures, you know, where they just totally lost the team, and you got, and then they also blamed COVID for the salary cap, and they said, we committed too much to veterans, we committed to veterans on the, you know, the Super Bowl team, and it's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have, you, you, you held on to all these guys like Deion Jones, Julio Jones, you know, good teams, good franchises don't commit to every single great player. You just can't do that. And that's the reason why the one of the many reasons why the Falcons are as screwed as they were coming out of the Dan Quinn years. The the optimist in me will say that's a decent point. Like, would you say Mike Smith and Dan Quinn were bad hires? Mike Smith was a great hire. I think Mike Smith is the only good coach we've had. I think Dan Quinn is a glorified defensive coordinator who who rode the coattails of Kyle Shanahan to victory because their defense wasn't that good during the Super Bowl year. Right, but I mean, I, I think Mike Smith was the perfect guy to come in here and be a leader of men. Dan Quinn was not a leader. Dan Quinn had like three, he like, was a, you know, he for had a two, few years. He had two good years. Mike Smith had five years. He was the first coach ever in Falcons history to to have consecutive winning seasons. That was a good coach. Dan Quinn was bad. So. The optimist is, of me is, is like I think you could argue that those were good hires. I know you're arguing the other way on Dan Quinn, but you know he at, had at the end of the day he got us to a Super yes, Bowl. Yes, he had success, and that is not like he also he, blew he, the Super Bowl. Correct. I, I'm I'm aware of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying like yes, you, you don't need to tell our users that we lost. I the know, Super but Bowl. I'm just saying like they only focused on the good. They didn't acknowledge the bad. They didn't, especially of Dan well, Quinn. Sure, that's 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 what you got to do, Graham. But, I guess like, the but, hope is that they. You know, they, they've kind of shown that they have learned from the mistake Maybe. of holding on to coaches for too long. Yeah, with firing Smith now. Because, like, we were, we were okay with Arthur Smith after the first two years. He overachieved. He did. And then this year was just, like, so bad. and we could, we could see how he was as a coach. And so I think that is very promising that they did cut the ties at this point. Yeah. But I, yeah. that is, you know, I guess it just shows Terry Fontenot. You could argue Terry Fontenot should be – he should be well. fired too. So, like, in is, my opinion, is it the guy that you want leading your coach search? If it, like he also was the one who was in the draft room, 
I don't yeah. know how much of input he had. Ask the question. They they, they said in the presser that they like to have, you know, Arthur and Terry had, Arthur Smith and Terry had 50-50 say on personnel decisions and stuff like that. So to me, that just goes to show how, like, bad that battery was in terms of, like, we're going to draft three skill position players when we have all these defensive line issues and all these other issues but that we've talked about we have nauseam. Had, we have had some hits in the draft. I'm not like saying we haven't. Them, it hasn't been know, like a disaster. Later in the draft. And it hasn't um, been like Bill Belichick drafting a kicker in the, in the fourth round who sucks ass. Yeah. You know. And you know what I think it is, Graham? I think because it was like 50-50 with Fontenot and Arthur mm. Smith, and I don't think anybody that you bring in or that we're going to want to bring in is only going to want to have 50% of control. Like, they're going to want a lot more control. It depends. If you bring in a guy like Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, I think he'd be okay with that because this would be his first crack at a head coaching job. If you bring in Jim Harbaugh, that ain't flying. Harbaugh. Belichick. Obviously, Belichick. Those were, we'll, we'll save that. Yeah, we'll I, save that for I, later. I really want to know yeah. your thoughts mm-hmm. on Belichick. But, like, yeah. Vrabel, Vrabel is out there now, which is crazy. Yeah, bad last couple of years. I think him and the general manager are not getting along. I think Vrabel is an unbelievable – like, you talk about leader of men. He's leader that of is men. Mike Vrabel. And yeah. I think that the Titans are going to regret that big time. Um, yeah. Let's get into it. So Let's get into it. Who, yeah. who, who do you want, Graham? I want Jim Harbaugh, and this is why. Um, he wins everywhere he goes. He, he won at Stanford. He won in, in San Francisco in the NFL. Um led the team to a Super Bowl appearance. He, I think his record was like 45 and 15 in four years, and then he got you know into it the front office and you know left and went to Michigan, just won the national championship there. The guy wins wherever he goes. He knows how to get the best results out of his players, has teams that are physical, that love to run the football, which really speaks to me because we have two really good running backs that, you know, that we should be utilizing a lot more than we do. And I think that out of all the candidates, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Bill Belichick, whatever, you cannot tell me that any of them have, in terms of the most recent, you know, in terms of recency, right? Ben Johnson's never been a head coach. Slowick, the guy from the Texans, has never been a head coach. Sorry. Don't know how that's going to work out. Sorry, that's oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know how that's going to work out, right? Um, Belichick's had a very checkered history ever since Tom Brady left. They made the playoffs the year after, and then after that, it's been a disaster. Um, but Harbaugh wins. He just consistently wins. Give me that guy who consistently wins at all levels. College, pro, doesn't matter. He can do it all. Give me Jim Harbaugh to put this franchise where it needs to go. When he took over San Francisco, they were awful. He turned them into a perennial powerhouse. And with this roster, he can find a good quarterback. That's what we need. Yeah, I'm certainly with you in terms of I want someone who has head coach experience so, like, I, I don't want to, like, just take another leap at whoever the hottest offensive coordinator is yeah. right now. That's what Arthur Smith was. Like, right. And that's what Ben Johnson is right now with Detroit. Right. Yeah. So, here's the three names I would be most content with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harbaugh yeah. is there for sure. Right. I, like, you know, gave you the teaser. I think Vrabel would be really good. Let me ask you about Vrabel because the reason I'm I didn't mention Vrabel is because – what about the Arthur Smith situation? Does that affect his decision-making at all in terms of if he's interested in coming to Atlanta or not? What do you mean? Well, just because, like, we moved on from Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, you know, was offensive coordinator when Vrabel was at Tennessee for until the last couple of years. Does that impact his decision-making? I don't see how those I would, would be, be into Vrabel. Yeah. I, I mean, would be into if, if Harbaugh is, is not he available. He got the Titans to what, back-to-back AFC championships, something like that? 
Like it's just there's back to back playoff appearances. Like was, I think he won. Names. I think he won like he won a lot of games. Yeah, um, he got to playoffs multiple times. The last couple years weren't good, but, but he he put that at the foot of the GM. He didn't have as much say in personnel apparently. I think he's probably got his eyes on New England though. He got with, to with, with when Belichick, when Belichick being gone. So that Belichick one left today sense. officially. But um, another guy, I would be very content with Raheem Morris. He's going to interview. He's apparently on the list of people that um, the, the Falcons have submitted, you know, who they have asked to interview. Raheem Morris is up there. Uh, ben Johnson, a few other people that I, I don't remember. But Raheem Morris did a great job when he took over for Dan Quinn after Dan Quinn was and fired. He's got the head coach experience, but he's also, like, innovative in his thinking, mm-hmm. and he's well-respected. And, I like, I think he could easily come in here and win. I. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see because I remember when he was, you know, in Tampa Bay, it, it was okay. It didn't go great, but it was okay when he was there. And he hasn't really been a head coach since then, with the exception of being the interim head coach for the Falcons. I'm not opposed to Raheem Morris. Um, but he has a he has a ton of experience as a coordinator, obviously the head coaching experience. Um, but I also, you know, uh, Slowick, who I can't, can't remember his name. Let me look him up. Slowick for the Texans. Bobby Slowick. The only reason I'm interested in him is because he comes from the Shanahan coaching tree. And I think the Shanahan coaching tree has proven to be, it's just, it just bears fruit. Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, you know, these are some of the best coaches in the National Football League. Slowick was the passing game coordinator, I believe, for San Francisco, and now is the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Okay. And has just done exceptional work. Yeah. Right. So, like, if there's one guy I'm eyeing that hasn't been a head coach before, it's him because that coaching tree is just beautiful and just seems to always work out in terms of giving you a consistent, a quality head coach. That's the one guy without coaching experience that I'm the most interested in personally. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued by that, Graham. Um, you know, we let, we let so many guys get away, including like LaFleur. Sh- Shanahan, LaFleur. Like LaFleur is the worst. McDaniels. Like, you go back to like our 2016 coaching staff, and there's like six or seven head coaches on yeah, there. Mike McDaniel was there. Uh, LaFleur was there. Shanahan, obviously. McVay. McVay. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Like, and, and, you know, all these guys have had just massive success in the NFL as, as coaches at this point. And that's why I'm kind of like Team Slowick at this point. You know, so obviously there's a ton of rumors about Belichick. Belichick, who yeah. was officially released today, mm-hmm. um, and Arthur Blank has, you know, allegedly been very interested in him, and that's his number one choice. He hasn't gone on the record saying that, but he is. Uh, that's what everybody so says. These are rumors. Yeah. These are rumors. These are rumors, and, but it's strongly implied. You know, and I've, I've said in the past I'd be intrigued by this, um, and still, like, I'm not going to be upset. If that happens, but look, we got real concerns. He he's had what five years without Brady. Mm-hmm. They have not been good. They he, were good the first year. They were good the first year. Okay. And went to the playoffs, so he can't take that away. But they also haven't found their quarterback. No, he's he's been like a really bad drafter. He's been for a really bad a drafter. While. Uh, he he's drafted some good players like Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of um, Oregon, was a great draft pick. He had a very good season. Unfortunately, got injured this year. Uh, Matthew Judon was a great free agent acquisition. But then you look at other things like this: the draft this year drafts a kicker in the fourth round, like I mentioned earlier, who's terrible. Like you don't draft kickers anymore. Like I'm sorry, Young Way Koo, is he drafted? 
No. Exactly. Um, well, he might have been by the Chargers, but... But no. it was like a late pick, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he drafted a punter in like the fifth round. It's just, he has this old school mentality that, you know, the NFL fan of me loves, but he's got to be able, if he comes here, if that actually happens, and he, apparently he's he's said that he's willing to relinquish control of player... Per- he I should have an input, but... If that happened... Willing if Fon- to relinquish some control. Because Fondo has hit on free agents. You free can't agents he's that. great with. And I think that's why he's it's still just draft here. picks. A little up and down to me. But he... They've been okay, and, like, we do have some but it, late hits. We have some late hits, but it's also just, like, roster construction, right? It's like and, Kyle But who Pitts, knows how much that was Arthur Smith. Drake London. Yeah, we don't know. Drake London, Bijan Robinson. It's it's just... I kind of trust Fontenot a little bit more. I, uh, um he, he's he's in my shit house a little bit, but not as much as Arthur. So if it's not Belichick coming in, it's like, hey, here's a pretty ready to go roster. I think with Belichick, you're getting like you're either like trading for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson. You might trade up or for something like that. Caleb, I don't want Russell Wilson, but you might trade up for. I, I would I would get Kirk Cousins. Like if you, if you want a veteran, yeah, I think with Belichick, you're getting veteran more of a veteran quarterback. quarterback. That, that's fine. If you if you give me Kirk Cousins with Bill Belichick, and he can coach up that defense more than the I other think, weapons that we have, yeah, the other they've always had good have. defense. Yeah, the defense is okay. I wonder how much of that is inflated by our by our schedule because our defense looks like shit the last two weeks. Let's just be honest about that. But Belichick can coach up that defense. We get a good quarterback in here. I wonder what he would do offensive coordinator wise if he'd reach out to McDaniel's again. That's the one thing that if you bring in McDaniel's, then he McDaniel's works well with Belichick as an offensive coordinator. He's a terrible head coach, but he works well with Belichick as a as a coordinator. Are we saying the right guy? Isn't McDaniel's the coach for the? He was the coach for the Raiders. Oh, you're talking about Mike McDaniel. I'm talking about Josh McDaniel. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh McDaniel is Belichick's offensive coordinator when the Patriots were like winning Super Bowls all the time. He's a terrible head coach. Terrible head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if he brings him in here, so be it, fine, as a coordinator. But it's it's if you get, I think the biggest thing is is regardless of who the coach is, you got to figure out the quarterback situation. You got to nail the quarterback situation down. With regardless of what, if it's a guy you're getting in the draft that you feel like is someone who can be the face of the franchise for the next 15 years, or if it's a veteran guy like a Kirk Cousins who can come in here and provide stability and just. You know, be a guy, and it's got you know got to be more than a game manager than you know what we thought Ritter was going to be. Um, he's got to do more than that. But if you get someone in here like Kirk Cousins and you get Belichick, I'm not opposed to it. But he's got to be willing to relinquish control of player personnel decisions. He can have input, but he cannot be the guy making the decision because his decision making process over the last five or six years, in that respect, for the most part, has not been appealing to me. I don't think that. First of all, I don't think Kirk Cousins leaving Minnesota. Though. Maybe not, but he's he's come out and said he would take what, like he would stay. a deep discount really? to stay there. Okay. He's like he's like I've made, I've been blessed with right so, so much money in my he's, life. He's doing the Chipper Jones thing exactly. Okay. Yeah, and he like you know he's he's a cheap guy. He okay. like shops at like Coles and stuff like right. that. He's content. So yeah. I, that's probably not happening. But, but it, it, I think you're you're getting more of a veteran quarterback coming in with Belichick. Maybe, but. It concerns me, though, with Rich McKay. So let's talk about Rich McKay for a second. So Rich McKay is still heavily involved in, in football operations. Which they remember, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, and you're like, oh, he's just a business guy, because that's what they told us. That's what they told and us. this is the first bullshit. time it's come out. It's, it's like, bullshit. oh, yeah. Like, we don't know that Fontenot and Arthur Smith reported, reported to him. Reported to McKay. Yeah. It seems like a superfluous position to me. 
Like, in, in most organizations that I know of in the NFL, especially like the Ravens, it's like you got the owner, you got the GM. The GM works with the coach. Why does the owner, why, why, why for the Falcons, and, and Arthur Blank said this in the press, he's like, not many teams do what we do, but I think people are starting to come around to what we do. It's like, why do you do this? What is the point? Why, of, would, uh, why would teams look at us and like and say that, like, that 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 that's how we should it. do it? Yeah. Two winning seasons in the last eleven years. These guys know what the fuck they're doing. You know, it's just is I, that I, true? Yes. Twenty sixteen and seventeen. That's it. In the last eleven seasons, it's all you got. That's sad, indeed. <laughs> um. Yeah, it would take a minute of silence there. <laughs> Either 10 or 11. I don't know. Either way, it's it's dog shit. So we're essentially like the Oakland A's who don't even have a team anymore. We're we're just like the Royals (laughs) who have had like two good years in like 40, basically. All right. That's how it feels. Um, That's what we are, Graham. I think we're we're one of the most dysfunctional franchises. We're a loser franchise. I think we have the Jets are the most dysfunctional, Panthers, and then us. I mean, you just like look at like the. The teams in town, I'm not even talking about the Hawks again, but just like how well-run the Braves are. The Braves are the most well-run organization in this town by a landslide. Versus like what's going on with the Falcons. And the Hawks. The Hawks are pathetically run as well. Right. Like like the only the Braves we know how to l- win consistently. We just lucked into Anthopolis too, man. We did. It, it was going to be, uh, what's his name? If, if uh, Coppola. Coppola doesn't have the... Uh, what happened? The fiasco with the international free agents where he violated all his rules and got banned from baseball. <laughs> Became like a real estate agent after that. We don't win a World Series. We don't win a World Series. Probably. Snicker's not our coach. Although Snicker was, was smart. Maybe we win three World Series. Who no, knows? he was, I think he was, he he reminded me of Arthur Smith a lot where he was just up his own ass, dismissive of the media. Um, and, you know, I, I just hated the way Arthur Smith just flip-flopped. You know, he was like, Desmond Ritter... The criticism against him is toxic groupthink, and then ten days later he benches him. Like, I, 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 I do love how he would say things like, "We're not gonna like, you know, go flippy floppy on our quarterback yeah, musical situation. chairs," and then proceeds to like do the most musical chairs with yeah. a quarterback you've ever seen in your life. He, I can't stand the guy. I'm so glad he's gone, and I, I'm sure I, he's probably a good guy. I'm not saying he's a I don't know. He I just, never lost the locker room. He never lost the locker room. And Arthur, Smith, uh, Arthur Blank said that. He never lost the locker room. It was just the results weren't there, and it's unacceptable. So he's gone. Who? So um, I guess let me ask you a question. You've been asking me a lot of questions. So who you, your, your, your team, Raheem Morris, sounds like? I think that's just a very safe bet that I'd be content. You'd with. be okay with, um, but you would you like Harbaugh? It sounds oh, like you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would be the dream. Like th- those four guys. Like I'm not going to be upset with Belichick. I think it's a risk. It's he's, a risk. He's 72. He's set in his way. He doesn't like. He needs a quarterback. If, yeah. if you can get us Belichick and a quarterback, okay, okay, fine. I'm yeah. interested. Right. And like honestly, and that defense, the defense of the Patriots was great this year. They they were they were pretty damn they were like a top ten defense they're good defense like I want some primetime games Graham like I will be that fan that just like I want someone that's gonna get the city excited again I don't want to play one p.m. on Sunday every yeah. single week our primetime game was at nine thirty a.m. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> yeah in London how sad is that it's pathetic. like we need like Belichick would bring some heat and maybe he'd be a guy that come in for three four years stabilize it a little bit maybe get you a championship maybe but also, if, you, if you have the right do we 100 percent know he still wants to coach like nick saban retired, nick saban retired yesterday belichick and Kraft 
had a, uh, a press conference today. It was very short. They pretty much just had their own statements, and that was it. But uh, Kraft indicated that Belichick was going to keep coaching. He said, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's going to be sad to, you know, potentially see Bill in a, in a hoodie and another, uh, you know, for another team. I look forward to just being able to, like, I would look forward to just being able to talk about his, like, press conferences and how ridiculous they are. Like, yeah. D. Orlando, oh, yeah, better it. talking to Bill. Hey, coach, I heard that. You know, I want to know why the defense isn't getting pressure on the quarterback. Tied for 15th in the league in sacks. Now, you know, we go out there and try to uh, get the quarterback, and sometimes you just don't make the play because, you know, the guy gets rid of the ball uh, in two seconds. What are you going to do? How fun would that be for us? (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) And it is like something, you know, full circle with the whole Super Bowl loss. I know. That's that's the one thing that kind of, you know, there's many things that rub me about Bill that we talked about. The other thing was like uh, Matt Patricia, right? Matt Patricia is a defensive coordinator. Decides to make him an offensive coordinator. Bill needs some outside influence at this point. I think I think he's still a great football mind. He knows how to, especially defensively. But he, I can't. I don't think he can keep relying on guys like Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia and uh, McDaniel's even, uh, and just be like, yeah, this is what we're going to keep doing because that was one of the many factors that led to the destruction of the Patriots dynasty. To me, beyond you know, obviously Brady leaving is, is a huge. So contributor what, to that. What you're saying is maybe him getting away from the Patriots. Right, and not bringing Bill O'Brien with him, not bringing McDaniels. Like, let's get some new let's get some new life in here, but still have the old head who knows how to win at the highest level in the NFL, who's arguably the greatest coach ever. If he can adjust a little bit, it could be exciting. Um, and if he can relinquish control of player personnel. But I just worry about what Rich McKay is doing, man. Rich McKay, what the hell are you doing? Why are you so involved? And like he came on the radio with Dukes and Bell after the uh, after the press conference, and he was like, "Man, I was really surprised that all these people are talking about like why isn't Fontenot here? Like I'm, I'm just shocked by that." And I was like, "Really? You're surprised? Like when Mike Smith was dismissed, you know, you know who was at the press conference? McKay and Thomas Dimitrov. It was like basically saying, "Hey, Terry Fontenot." You're 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 not as important as it, it, your title. It is claims interesting because we haven't talked about Dimitrov in a while, and he was like, it seems like they're hiding um, Fontenot. Fontenot. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, why it's like Dimitrov was a huge face of the franchise yeah, at the he, time. He was, yeah, like and we we thought he that, gave more interviews. That, that's strange. So it's like they see him as like an up and comer, but they're like not putting him out there it doesn't make sense it makes it makes me feel like rich mckay still runs things and he said on, in this interview he was like you know i just talk to the guys you know i give them my advice they report to me we talk you know I, we text constantly we talk constantly we have meetings two or three times a week but it's like it's more so just checking in and seeing if i can help but i think that's bullshit and there was one time when during the press conference mckay was like you know i'm not as involved in football operations and stuff like I, i'm there to help and then arthur blank was like he's being very modest he's very involved you know kind of thing uh, like that wasn't like the exact quote but it's pretty much that's strange what it implies so it's like what is rich mckay and can i trust arthur blank and rich mckay to get it right this time i really can't i really can't i feel like whoever they pick it's going to be another um arthur smith like, that's how I feel like Ben Johnson's going to be. And I had no idea about Ben Johnson. I know he's done great work with the Lions. He's turned Jared Goff into a, a good quarterback again. You know, they have a lot of great weapons there. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jared Gibbs, David Montgomery, Sam Laporta, the great rookie tight end. They got a lot of great weapons. Not to say we don't, but can he be a, a head coach in the NFL? I have no idea. Yeah. And that's why I'm more on team experience 
with the exception of Slowick from the Texans. So I don't know. It's going to be a hell of a next couple of weeks because I think by the Super Bowl, potentially, we could have a new head coach in Atlanta for the Falcons. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's also scary considering who is leading the search. And it just makes me concerned about the draft again, right? Because you think about the drafts that the Falcons have had over the last ever, – ever since Rich McKay left as the GM but still was involved, right? There's been an emphasis on skill position players. You think about Julio Jones. You think about Calvin Ridley. Obviously, Pitts, Robinson, London. We have not drafted a real defensive end who has been consistent ever. Seriously. Even in the McKay era, what was the best defensive end he drafted? I have no idea. The only guy we got that was worth a shit was John Abraham. Consistently put at least 10 sacks a year. Brady Smith? Was that Rich McKay? I, he was Rich McKay, but I think I don't think he was drafted. Patrick Kearney? That was before Rich McKay, I think. So it's like, that's uh, like, I don't trust this regime at all. And that's the thing I kind of get depressed about is like, no matter what they do, no matter who they bring in, so if they they're going to have the, they're going to have. Say, right, right. We, we can look back all day, Graham. Our, our, we need to start looking forward a little bit. Like at the end of the day, if they hire one of those names you said, yeah. then you'd be like, okay, that was a good decision. I trust you more, right? I'm not going to trust them. If they hire Har- Harbaugh? Harbaugh, I'll trust. That's, like, that's it. That's, that's the only the, name? And Slowick from the Texans. That's it. Well, maybe that'll happen, and you'll be happy. Yeah, maybe. But I, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. I think Arthur Blank has a big, big man crush on Belichick. He wants that, you know, that, uh, that success, you know, the, the, the air of success which around is, his franchise. Which is fair. Which is fair, but it's like, is that the right guy to lead his franchise? I don't know. Maybe. It's just, it, it depends on a lot of factors. We had, to, we had to work through like 10 minutes of factors for Belichick to be a viable coach in our eyes right yeah, now. No, it's not a popular pick. Like, if you look like Atlanta Twitter, it's like not popular no, at all. No, it's not popular. But I don't know. I, I don't think you can listen to that yeah. fully. I, I have one more thing from the Arthur Blank presser where he said, you know, Basically that he doesn't believe the fans have lost faith in him and that they're angry and frustrated. I'm angry and frustrated, his words. Do you have faith in Arthur Blank as a as, as a decision maker, as the owner of this team to make the right decisions for this franchise as a fan, Adam? Definitely not 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm happy that he did make the right decision. Right, right now. Arthur Smith. Sure. So but that, overall... Falcon for life, right. Deshaun Watson pursuit. He, he's got to do something to bring back the excitement that, you know, the Georgia Dome, Michael Vick excitement. Like, right. That's when he was like the guy. Like, yeah, everybody loved him. Right. Everybody so, like, loved him. He's got he's to switch something up to like fill that stadium. I think he was trying to do that with Deshaun Watson. I think that's what he was really trying to do. And I also really hated, there's another thing in the presser. Sorry, I just keep coming back to this. But, you know, people asked about like the Deshaun Watson pursuit. And he was like, oh, you know, we didn't get that close. And, uh, you know, the financials were, you know, what they were. We, we, we sort of backed out. But it was, he was, they were very modest about it. And they said it was a collective agreement, you know, within all the decision makers, him, McKay, et cetera. I, I just called bullshit on that. They were like at the, they were at the goal line. It was just the Browns came in the last minute and offered this guaranteed contract that had never been seen in the NFL. And, of course, Deshaun takes that. And then they had no backup plan for quarterback. And it was just one of the worst decisions. It's like that decision and Falcon for life, Arthur Arthur Blank giving all these contracts to Julio, Matt, et cetera, it just doesn't give me any confidence. He screwed the franchise more than anybody. And he's the owner. 
That's all I'm saying. But would you, you know, agree with that? Like, that is such a bad idea. Yeah, no, no, that that was awful, and, you know, we, we could have... We've discussed this before. I know, but we, it's just... We, we could have had Matt Ryan for another year. Um, he had, like, 30 touchdowns and, what, like, seven or eight interceptions that his last year with us, something like uh, that? It was, I think it was 20 and, like, 10, but the offensive line was so bad. Yeah, it, it, they, they flubbed that, and I, I do think that probably did screw Arthur Smith a little bit as well, not having in a year like Matt Ryan to yeah. like help transition to the next quarterback. Yeah, and that's so, something that... So the, then they're, they're just playing yeah. catch-up at that point. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's not on Terry or Arthur. That's on McKay and Blank a thousand percent to me. And no. that's not confirmed that to me, that is. So... Well, that's where we are. That's where we are as a franchise. Sad year. Yeah. The whole year was just weird. Like, I'm surprised it's over. It, it mm-hmm. seems like every single week I'm like, we're going to get it going. We're going to get going. You can't know? win more than two games in a row. Can't go on a streak like that's what Tampa Bay did. They they were screwed. They were four and six, and they went on a five game winning streak. Yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. I'm guessing they're going to get stomped in the playoffs. I think they'll beat Philly. Well, that's we, we could have had Baker Mayfield, Graham. I'm just thinking through some four million dollars. Baker that, Mayfield that was would, his contract. Four million dollars would have been a, a much better option. I would have, that would have been fine uh, for this year's a transitional look at other, season. Other playoff quarterbacks, Joe Flacco would have been a better option. Flacco is just—I <laughs> mean, he throws like two interceptions a game, but he also throws three touchdowns and 350 yards. I mean, like, I'll take that with every either day. of those guys. I think we're in the playoffs. Yeah, a thousand percent. You know, hell, even. Uh, What's the kid from the Jets? Uh, Zach Wilson. I don't know, man. I bet he could get us to the playoffs. I, I, don't, I don't think so. But I think those first two names I, I agree with you on. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's like Ritter. It all comes back to Ritter. And Fontenot really believed in Ritter. Arthur Smith believed in Ritter. The whole organization believed in him. And in fairness, this podcast ate it up. No, I've noticed that. Like, we we were all like, yeah, let's, let's see what Ritter has. I've noticed that like in my... You know, professional life as well. There's a lot of people that like come across as just like very. Oh, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. Just like from talking with confidence, mm-hmm. and then like the more you get to know them and work with them, you realize, oh no, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I actually know a lot more than you, but you just right. like talk a lot more confidently mm-hmm. than me. That's what Ritter was. That's what Ritter I think, was. I think he just sold them with like, you know, his leadership. Sold us with his leadership, his, memory. his personality, his work ethic. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, if you fumble the ball 17 times and make terrible decisions. 12 times, but yeah. It felt well, like 17. He, no, he lost 12 fumbles. He lost seven. Fumbled oh, okay. 12. Well, I was just exaggerating that. Yeah. But, but you get my I know drift. what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And McKay's the same way. McKay sounds great in a press conference, but he's he's a total dolt at this point to me. So maybe maybe Belichick's got like a good bullshit meter and can kind of weed that stuff out a that little bit. That would be bit. nice. And if he and the thing that concerns me the most is like if Terry Fontenot is really your GM, how he's got to be more involved in the actual process of finding a coach. It's just I think it's just a bad first. You know, it's a bad process that they've set up here. Let's hope they legitimately like take his opinion behind the scenes. I hope so. I hope so. Even though I'm, I'm not a big Terry Fontenot fan in terms of the draft, in terms of roster construction, I think he's still a good football mind in terms, of, especially in free agency. I mean, like Landman, Landman was huge this year. He's un, you know undrafted free agents, Clayus Campbell, Anya Meta, Anya Meta, Caden Ellis, Bud all, Dupree, like Bud Dupree, all big contributors. Pretty much all free agents year. were hits except for like receivers. He he can't get receiver right yeah. in terms of free agents, but like defensively, he's pretty he's pretty damn good. I'll give him that. 
uh, obviously Jesse Bates, huge yeah. signing, pro yeah. bowler. Um, so, you know, I think Fondo's got room to grow, and I think I, I hope he's learned a lot. I'm very interested to hear him have something to say to the press. I'd like to hear his thoughts on things. Yeah, maybe after all this like feedback where McKay had no idea, maybe they will just have like a Terry Fontenot press. That would soon. be nice. Just have Fontenot sit alone and just answer some questions for twenty minutes. Because like, I swear to God, this press conference went on for an hour and forty minutes. It was so long, and I was like, "That's brutal." I was like, I was going to listen to the whole thing, but I was like, I got <laughs> shit I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, but uh, I just kept going and going and going. So. That's our Falcons report. Uh, We'll take a little break and talk some Braves in a moment here. Okay, and first news of the day for the Atlanta Braves. They avoided arbitration with A.J. Minter and Max Freed. So Max Freed gets a one-year $15 million deal. And Minter gets a one-year $6.22 million deal. So that's good news. You don't have to get in a huge – like, I remember Max Freed got in a huge arbitration thing with the Braves last year. Um, so it's nice. Those guys are under contract, and uh, we can all – I mean, it wasn't even a worry. It was like they were going to be here, but it was like that's said and done. We haven't had, had to have any arbitration hearings or anything like that. So those guys are here uh, for this year, and – Good news because they're huge, very important pieces for our our team. And let us be the first to say goodbye to Max Freed. Yeah, after the first season. to say goodbye to Max Freed. You know, my mom is one year uh, deal. Very upset about that. He's gone. Like there's no way percent. we're signing. No, and yeah. that's been known since for the last couple of years. I think um, that we know that Max Freed is not coming back. He's going to hit free agency and get the most money he possibly can. Probably go back to Los Angeles, join Freddie. That would be scary, right? If the Dodgers have what uh, Otani, Bueller, probably Glass, Glass, Glass now, and Freed. I'm not scared the of the Dodgers. Here, I don't care. I don't know if I've gone on air with this, Graham. I don't care who the Dodgers get. They are a loser franchise. Loser. They could get like they could take Acuna from us. They could take name the best players in baseball they could have an all-star Adley team rushman they're gonna lose in the first round they're gonna lose in the first they round. are losers i don't care that's what, what we've they done do. the last two years they've, over, since, they've overspent on all these players since we now. divorced freddie yamamoto they got all these guys man and they're gonna lose you think so yeah okay have we, we done anything have we got in the first round since the world series are we a loser franchise no we're not a loser franchise okay we're a smart franchise we're a smart franchise we don't ever pay for people they're dumb that, okay I'm not worried about them. I'm a little worried. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta respect them. They gotta be a, a team that is on your radar as a uh, as a powerhouse contender. They paid y- Yamamoto. This guy, how much money did they pay it's him? Like three fifty five or something. Never pitched in the majors. No. Can I? You know, Kawakami. <laughs> like he could be catching Kawakami. Could be, I would love if he. Although Kawakami, Kawakami, I think threw like eighty eight miles an hour. But um, yeah, it's a little different. I think like they have so many like many potential terrible contracts, and uh, at the end of the day, they're still going to be running out like Clayton Kershaw game one. He's going to get shelled, maybe, but you know they'll get Bueller back healthy. They got Glass now, Yamamoto. Glass now's okay. Glass now's good. He's, he's you know check the numbers. 
He's he's okay. Uh, okay, but I'm just saying, like they're making moves to improve their team. We made moves to improve our team with uh, Chris Sale. I want to get your your thoughts on it. I talked about it last week on the solo show, but want to get you on the record talking about Chris Sale here. Yeah, man. I think you know Anthopolis came into this off season, and I think he identified a couple areas where we're lacking a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's first, it's um, attitude. The Phillies just yeah. have like a little something that right. mojo gumption th- that we're lacking. Yeah. And like we bring in a guy like Chris Sale, who he's like the pitching version of uh Jack Peterson kind of. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he's super well respected in like every clubhouse. I think it was um AJ Przinsky was just talking about how amazing he was for the white the for the White Sox and like he's a guy who's a winner. Like I saw his press conference from I don't know what year it was, but it was the playoffs where he like just pitched like eight scoreless innings and they're like if they ask you like to pitch again in three days you're gonna be ready. He's like I mean I'd take the ball tomorrow. Like hell yeah. That's all that that's attitude. all I want to do. Yeah. Like I want to be out there. And he's also like a high velocity guy, which is something else that like he's know, lost he, something on his on his fastball. But yeah, still still can throw the ball. I mean he was hard. throwing ninety seven last year. He was more in the 94, 95 range consistently. But yeah, he did. He was, I mean, he was touching 100 when he was like, a, you know, 100% last year. It was just, you know, the workload, the injuries, right. et cetera. But I mean, you look at what Anthopolis has done. We've added a lot of like high velocity guys to the bullpen. And Sale is a guy who, he's more of like a left to right movement guy, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas we have like a Todd, like you look at Charlie Morton, Max Freed, they're like the 12 to 6. Yeah, curveball. Curveball guys. Yeah. So like this is just a different look. And that's like yeah. what the Phillies gave us. And um And you want him to give him some chim music to the Bryce Harper. Yeah. I want the first pitch to be a shot at his head. Not don't hit him, but just like let him know. Right. Let him know, hey, I mean you're not gonna fuck with us anymore. He's he's that bulldog mentality that we always talk about with Freed. And I think this is his first like healthy offseason in a while. Yeah. And we gotta we gotta trust in Anthopolis mm-hmm. as we do. And I you know we didn't mortgage our future for it. Von Grissom is gone, but yeah, that's that's fine. He's he, not like, he, he Von Grissom was everywhere. a guy who, yeah, he wasn't. We didn't have a spot for him. We traded a guy who was going to be in AAA. Yeah, and like even on the attitude thing, like with a, uh, I need to figure out how to pronounce his name, Kalenic. Yeah, Jerry Kalenic. Yeah, the the left mm-hmm. fielder. So yes. like we, you know, no Rosario, no. What was even our platoon out there anymore? I don't remember. I can't remember. Um, obviously if it wasn't that good if we can't remember yeah so for Kalenic who we think is going to be better but like this is a guy who missed the season because he punched the dugout you know yeah or he kicked a uh, he kicked something a water cooler water cooler he kicked a, he kicked but a that Gatorade passion, thing. that's what we need back yeah we don't so, want him to hurt himself but he's learned from that he says he's but learned but I want a that. guy who's like that is his instinct I want to punch a cement wall like you Graham when we lose the Super Bowl what do you do I punch the outside of a the, of a brick house of a brick house for like two minutes straight and blurted right. my knuckles and you've learned from that I learned from that not to do that I broke my glasses uh, you know that night but you're a man with passion a man with passion we need some more we need some more you look at the rest guys. of our team like yeah. Olsen he's not that guy uh, Riley's not Albie's that guy. Not, isn't that guy. Riley's not no. that guy. Acuna's not really that guy. Like Acuna will get passionate, but he's kind of silly. You yeah. Know? Um, Michael, and, and tell Michael Harris isn't that guy. Mike like, Harris is definitely not that guy. We need that. Like, we we got Spencer Strider. He's that guy. Yeah. Like, that's what we need. Like, just these, like... Yeah, we need, we need some animals. Yeah, um, so I, I hope that's kind of, like, the missing 
ingredient. Because like yeah. you look at our roster up and down last year, it's like, man, how's this team not winning the World Series with that regular season success? So like, hopefully that's the missing ingredient. Yeah, we're replacing some guys like Kirby Yates, like uh, what was the slow ass lefty uh, McHugh. McHugh's gone. Yeah, like those guys are all getting replaced with fireballers. Right, and that's good. I think we Aaron need some Bummer, more Ronaldo Lopez. Right, Lopez is a guy who can flex to a starter. Right. We we also re-signed my boy Wasker. Don't forget about Wasker. Yeah, Wasker was hurt. Like Wasker's coming back. We paid him like a couple million dollars for a reason. He's a yeah. guy that could come back. Um, he's a guy I like to see in the bullpen. Honestly, I think you know he's a two he, two pitcher guy. You know, fastball, off speed pitch. I, I know you're not a believer in. Elder or Ian Anderson, I'm really high on Elder coming into this year. Like after reading an athletic article talking about like it was just like his slider, like all of the hard ground balls you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's because of the movement on a slider. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets tired in the second half of right. the season. That's not there anymore. That's not there. Right. Like he's coming into this year stronger. All of his numbers after like this many starts still line up better. Than guys like Maddox, than guys like Smoltz, than guys like Glavin. After those same number of starts, Fascinating. so like okay. you just got to remember, like he is young. Oh yeah, he's got plenty of room. He I was just durable, yeah. and like that slider's gonna be back. He's gonna be stronger. Yeah, so, like, I was if, just, I was if just. That's your number, if sales, your number four, and he's your five. No, that, that's a good rotation. Go. It's yeah. a very good rotation. So I, um, I'm excited about it. I think we yeah. made some great moves, and um, I don't think there's really much more tweaking. That needs to happen. Probably like, not. I, I wouldn't mind another bench guy, but yeah, there's 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 no like major gap where I'm like, we really need a left fielder. We really need another starter. How do you feel about the extension that Sale got? Uh, Thirty eight million over the next two years. Sixteen million in twenty twenty four. Twenty two million in twenty twenty five. Eighteen million dollar club option for twenty twenty six. I think, in my opinion, this was a preemptive measure, uh, based off Max Fried leaving. And free agency, yeah, after sure. this season, yeah, yeah. I mean, they obviously they know his physical. They they believe he's going to stay healthy, and mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think we're going to have someone else step up this year that maybe you're not thinking of. And we, we we've got the young arms coming up and Waldrop, Smith, Shaver. Like someone should be ready to step into that rotation. Mm-hmm. And then if you have Chris Sale as your number one or yeah. two behind Strider. Then yeah yeah I'm I'm happy if we didn't um you know get Dylan Cease which I don't think is going to happen I'm I'm happy if we you know didn't get him that was the only reason I would be like all right trade Smith Shaver for Cease or whatever or do a package around that um but I'm glad we still have Waldrop and I'm glad we still have um, Smith Shaver because I think those guys have their intangibles their stuff sounds fantastic and we've seen Smith Shaver pitch enough where you see the potential and what he can do. Um, and Waldrop's ascension through the uh, minor league ranks last year was insane. Well, going from like high A to or low A to triple A by the end of the season, no one does that. I mean, the guy must be an absolute beast. So. Yeah, and I just want to talk through some of the, this 40-man roster real quick. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to stop on everyone. Mm-hmm. But th- these are our pitchers on the 40 right now. Okay, Ian Anderson, Aaron Bummer, Dylan Dodd, I'll skip over him, Bryce Elder, Max Freed, Daisbel Hernandez, that's the guy who came up at the end of the year, like AAA pitcher that was throwing like, you know, high 90s. Right. Iglesias, Joe Jimenez, we re-signed him for a few years. Mm-hmm. Pierce Johnson, we re-signed him. Ray Kerr, that was one of our free agent pickups, another high high velocity guy. Dylan Lee, we forgot about him. He was yeah. hurt. Yeah. Tyler Matzik's going to be back. Matzik will be back this year. AJ Minter, you the, just said we re-signed him. Legend. 
Morton will be back. Penn Murphy, I don't know him. Don't know him. Angel Perdomo, don't know him. Chris Sale, Smith Shaver, Jackson Stevens, Spencer Strider. Jackson and, Stevens is a solid little pitcher. Yeah. yeah. Darius Fines, Alan Winnens, Wasker Noah. Like it's a good group. That's the forty. Right. You know, that's so like that's group. gonna get whittled down and that like that just shows the depth. Mm-hmm. Um God, I wish it were baseball season now. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting to talk about. Like the thing I talked about on the solo show last week that kind of concerned me about the sale move is if he doesn't hold up, then you know, Freed was very injury plagued last year. Morton broke down at the end of the season. Um, you know, Strider was was healthy throughout, but it's like still concerns me that we're like getting this other guy in here who's also got a lot of injury problems over the last four or five seasons to a rotation that was injury plagued. That's like the one thing that kind of makes me go, you know, like what if they all, I mean, that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. What if they all go down? But like Troy Morton is like 40 sales getting pretty old. Max Fried's had the injury issues. You know, it's like, those are three very important pieces in your rotation. And now you bring another guy in here who has injury issues. Sure. I don't know. But the, the depth is there. Ronaldo Lopez can, become a starter as well yeah um that 40 man didn't even include waldrop who i'm we're gonna see him this right, year. Right. yeah we'll probably see him at some point so and um, I, I you know you could see him in the bullpen too start like that's what happened with strider remember strider his first year he was starting the bullpen i kept screaming and yelling and saying why isn't this guy starting and they finally they did it yeah um so the same thing could happen with waldrop potentially so, so it's um it's looking it's looking good yeah but be wary of chris sales injury history I know some of it was freak accidents, but the Tommy John thing happened. Um, but yeah, it really it was really the death sentence for a Max Freed extension. That ain't happening after this after this extension with Sale. No, uh, yeah, I mean if, if you're bringing him back, you're not going to wait till he becomes a free agent. You would have done it this offseason. Yeah, yeah. So so this is it. This, this is really important. So we we, I think we need this, a healthy season out of him. We need a healthy season out of him. We need to win the damn championship this year. Send Max out as a two time World Series champion. Gets what he wants. Like. It has been so frustrating to me as as a Braves fan just the last two years losing to the Phillies, particularly last year. You know, 2022, okay, you ran into a buzzsaw. 2023, you dominated these guys two weeks ago at their home park and won the division, and then you just lay a fucking egg in the playoffs. And that that just rubbed me the wrong way. We've got to correct this this year. Got to feel good about what we did. Yeah, overall. Yeah, I'm really excited for Kellenic, honestly, because I think he was starting to tap into something before he broke his foot. And if he can do the same thing over here, he might be able to do it better. And you got to think, like, his floor is probably Eddie Rosario. Yeah, his you know? ceiling, who knows where it could go. This, yeah. uh, this guy was drafting, what, the first or second round? First rounder. First rounder. Yeah. Could be pretty awesome. All right, I think that's it for this episode of Atlanta Zone. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you again next week. Maybe we'll have a new Falcons coach at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Graham. It's wild. Uh, until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.